Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. of champagne or or rosé or wine from Naked Wines, our fabulous sponsor, to partake in while you're listening to this awesome podcast. Now, Asabi, I've got a few things about our wonderful next guest. Yes. But I want to check in with you. Ah, yeah. What am I up to? Um, Actually, I've started gigging again. What, what? Yes. So I'm calling this part of our year as mid-COVID. So it's not post-COVID because we haven't really gotten over that yet. We're still sort of suffering, especially here in, in, in some parts of Australia. We're having a bit of a, an outbreak or second wave. But I'm um, not willing to call it a second wave yet. It's just a couple of dickheads who have taken it upon themselves to go between areas of our country. Yes, so and all of Melbourne. <laughs> wow. That's because we didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. By the by, moving on. Um, so yeah, so I do have, I did do a private gig a couple of weeks ago, and I've got a gig coming up this weekend, and it is completely sold out before I even got to promote it. So, um, so the whole, all of twenty people are going. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a so hundred. It's a hundred. Yeah. yeah. So we sold a hundred tickets. And uh, the, the reason I didn't get to promote it was because they asked me, they were promoting it, I think, the, the musicians that are doing it or the band that's doing it, and they asked me to step in and you know, sing a few songs. So it's a, a Pink Floyd, we're doing a tribute to Pink Floyd. So not necessarily a Pink Floyd tribute, because I think there might be a Pink Floyd tribute band out there. I think there. there's multiple. Possibly. Well, around the world, yes, definitely. But this is just a group of musicians who happen to love Pink Floyd and so they're doing a Pink Floyd tribute, and they said, Asabi, we want you to come in and sing a few songs. And I said, yeah, sure. And, uh, and it's in two weeks. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure, no worries. So it just sold out so quickly. That explains yeah. why all I can hear every day is wish you were here. Yeah, wish you were here. But yeah. it's true, Vanessa, I wish you were here. I, I live with you. I am here. <laughs> I am literally right here. That's right. And so that's what's going on in my life. And then, you know, just there there are a number of venues that are starting to bring back live music. So September is kind of the date that we're looking at for that. <laughs> and there's no dancing. There is no dancing in Queensland. Reminds me of Footloose. It does. Yes, it does. Which, by the way, the town in Footloose was actually based on a real town in Oklahoma that did not allow dancing. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's Oklahoma. That's what we do. Anyway, so I digress. What have you been up to, Ness? Nothing. 
actually been really enjoying this time. I've got another job. Uh, I've got, well, I've got a couple of jobs. And as you know, I've got a special someone in my life. And so I'm really just enjoying this time to, to just sort of, I don't know, reconnect. And she does. Shout out to someone special. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Stop it. Um, I'm going to blush. <laughs> anyway, I think it's just, I'm, I'm just keeping on, keeping on kicking on. Yeah. I but I really, really want to um, have this drink. Why don't you tell us about this drink? So Ness is our wine connoisseur, our sommelier. Sommelier. Here. All right. So thanks to our fabulous sponsor, Naked Wines, we are drinking a Herner Wines Estelle Little Jack Organic Sparkling Wine. Oh, Charles. Cheers. Ooh. Very tasty. Okay, so that's actually made from a Chardonnay grape with the extras of pears, green apple, wildflower, and there's also fresh citrus in there. And once again, it's made in orange. Now, oh. orange is not the fruit. Orange is the place in yes. Australia. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Make sure you do check out the episode where Asabi and I drink a bunch of wine and talk about it because it's very funny. It is very funny. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm not a heavy wine drinker. I do like my alcohol. Don't get me twisted. But I don't drink a lot of it. So I pretty much head south after drink two. <laughs> it's worth a listen. All right. We're going to take a short break. Break? Bake? Bake. <laughs> we're going to take a short break and we're right back with our special guest. Hey, Vanessa, guess what? What? I heard from a little birdie that we are being sponsored by Naked Wines Australia. Okay, I've got two things to say about that. First of all, yay, I love wine. Second of <laughs> all, you talk to birds? I do talk to birds. It's weird. I'm like Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> Naked Wines gives you direct access to over 55 of Australia and New Zealand's best winemakers. They believe in connecting wine drinkers directly to these award-winning winemakers because it's better for everyone. Talented, independent winemakers get the support and funding they need to make the best wine they've ever made. The wine drinkers who support them get exclusive access to those wines at discounted prices. Their mission is to change the way the whole wine industry works for the benefit of both wine drinkers and winemakers. Anyone can order from Naked's almost all-Australian online range, but the best value kicks in when you sign up to be an angel. Members who top up their account with $40 a month to create a stash to spend on wine when they feel like it. The top-up helps fund the winemakers who work with Naked, and in return, angels get to buy as much at lower prices. Do you want to check them out? Use the code SYMPATHY and the password PODCAST, or go to nakedwines.com.au slash sympathy for a $100 voucher to use anywhere on their site. You're welcome. And we're back. And we have an amazing guest with us today, Matt Young, who is a podcaster and a teacher and an actor and director, an all-around amazing person. He's also the creator of the Story Chunder. Matt, welcome! Oh, yay! Um, a couple of great things about Matt, um, if you can check him out on matt.young.fan.page on Facebook. Now, he actually played James Cook in the Captain Cook ABC series. I think it was about how many episodes? Six. It was four episodes four. back in 2007, Yeah, but you can still find it. You can still find it. It was amazing. He did all these, um, well, real-life scenarios. It was just, it's incredible. Give it, give it a listen and a watch. Um, Matt was born in America. He now lives in Brisbane. Spent a lot of time recently in Fiji. He's performed on Broadway 
and in productions of Annie, The Producers, A Chorus Line, my personal fave, Enron, Goodbye Miss Monroe, and Kiss of the Spider Woman. He's also appeared in two Hallmark movies and is currently on a Netflix production. Holy moly, what can't you do? Uh, I can't juggle. Um, I've got some juggling yeah, balls right I, here. You I should give it a go. Don't play a string <laughs> Not with my wine. So, you know, it's a few things I don't do. But no, thank you for that incredible introduction. I mean, it, yeah, I'm, I'm humbled and, you know, embarrassed. I want to correct you, but no. <laughs> please, please correct us. Please, please correct us. Yeah. So, yeah. Sadaf, we know you from the Story Chunder. What brought that about? All right, so the Story Chunder is a live event here in Brisbane. Well, it was for a very short time before we went online. Um, but it's also a podcast, so it's an opportunity for people to t- come and tell unbelievable true stories from their lives, like you both have done for me. So thank yeah. you for being guests on the Story Chunder and on the Story Chunder podcast. You're welcome. Yeah, and basically I just stole it. My friend um, John Flynn is a teacher at Upright Citizens Brigade in LA, the yeah. comedy place. I know. And so well. he has a show called Oh Hey Guys, uh, which when I'm in LA, I'd sort of drop in and tell a story and sometimes co host. So I said, cool. Hey, John, can I steal the idea and make it local to the Australians? Cause That's amazing. Because you, know, you know what the chunda means. Yeah, yeah. So tell, explain the name because I've had people say, What? What's it I, I can explain what it means. <laughs> well, I know what it means, but I want right. you to explain why you've decided to use that. Okay, so Chanda, if you if you you may recall Men at Work's Down Under, which yes. is a very popular song when I was younger. Um, <laughs> and Chanda means to vomit. And so <laughs> what we do at the story Chanda, because we don't use scripts, so mm. it's like got an improv feel, so I ask people to just vomit out true stories from their lives. And I so mean. basically I just wanted something that sounded Australian, that, you know, to sort of appropriate the culture yeah i think and, you did a really uh, good job yeah. yeah yeah and it just came to me as i was walking around the city and i thought that's it the story chunder hold, hold on were you walking around fortitude valley and you happened to see a junkie just vomit in the corner and went there you go there's a good chunder i can tell a story about Shh, don't tell all my secrets <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously that's yeah so chunder means vomit in in australian language and I just think it's brilliant. The Story Chunder. Check it out. It's also another wonderful podcast by That's Not Canon Productions. That's right. Um, fantastic. And so now, Matt, you came to Australia how? I came to Australia for love. I, in oh. fact, you could say I came on the love boat. Oh! oh Because I was I was working on a cruise ship as an entertainer as of a singer dancer in the on on the you know the production company on board yeah. and then we had been at sea for nearly eight months um, and it was also an over fifties holiday maker cruise ship so <laughs> there weren't very many Ooh, people my age good times. on the old uh, cruise ship so um, we landed in Sydney a week before Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras as I am a homosexual I was like hooray let's go to the strip. Yes. Love the Mardi Gras. See, okay. see a drag show and look at all the cute boys. And lo and behold, that night I happened to meet someone. And through a very long story, which, you know, which, which it was, which, yeah, which is like for another time, we blushing, guys. exchanged yes. emails <laughs> and then we met up in a couple of different places. We met up in Singapore. We met up again in London. Oh. He came to New York. We did the New York-Sydney commute for about a year and a half. And then wow. finally I said, 
It hurts in my heart whenever he leaves. Oh. And even though I had a very successful career as a Broadway dancer on Broadway national tours and international tours, I thought, well, let's give this relationship thing a go. Wow. And so I moved to Australia. Now, I have a personal question for you. Because I never, like I said, there are a lot of Americans that meet Australians and merge, for lack of a better word, and then the Americans end up coming here. Why did you choose to come to Australia and not the other way around? Okay, well, this is a good gay history lesson. Yes. All right? Because there was not an option for my um, international partner to come to the United States. That was not right. a legal option. Australia, um, somewhere around the late 90s or possibly even the early 90s, um, introduced something which was called the Interdependent Interdependency Partner Visa. And this was actually for like expats if they were living overseas and, you know, one of the partners died and they didn't want to um, dishonor the marriage that, you know, like a widow and a widower could get back together or someone could bring, you know, like their nanny mm -hmm. home to look after the kids or yeah. whatever. Um, and so it's gender neutral. Um, and so somebody very clever it, with inside the conservative political party said, well, I have an overseas partner who I would like to bring here. And so he sort of looked at that and then brought his overseas partner because it was gender neutral and that set the precedent. And so I could come here as Peter's interdependent partner, which is wow. what I do. Because um, there was no legal marriage or anything yeah, like that. God yeah. bless Australia. Thank yeah. you, Australia. But then it took Thank a long you. time for them to actually catch up with the yeah, legal but no, marriage. You know but what? Yeah, you know what? But, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of Australia because as soon as it came out, like we, we pretty much actioned it. I mean, obviously not as good as New Zealand. They did it first know, everywhere, and they're amazing. the best. By the way, I'm a Kiwi. Well done. Um, <laughs> but I'm really proud that we pushed, we pushed, and we made it happen. I'm yes. so proud of us Same. in Australia. And I think it's amazing because we've got kids, and I like it will be so amazing, you know, for this next generation to be like, wait, there was a time when two people couldn't get married just in this country yeah, just sweet. because they were the same sex. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, in America, there was a time when people couldn't get married because they were a different race. That's right. And that ended in 1967. So it, you know, that lasted for a very long time. Five years America. before I was born. Mm. If only everyone just believed that love is love. Yes. Well, they're getting there. Getting they're there. Getting there. All right. So moving on from <laughs> that, I actually want to know a little bit about your experience, not only on Broadway but in these productions, especially Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yes, Candor and Ebb. Oh, okay. Well, that it. one was like way the hell off Broadway. Because <laughs> that was actually a Sydney <laughs> that production. Was okay. <laughs> that was a Sydney production. Um, because actually, I was in New York during the Broadway production of Kiss of the Spider Woman. Um, I was a student at New York University. And I was being seen for a lot of different Broadway shows, but I wasn't being seen for that, which I think is really interesting to look back on it. Because this is the early 90s, so like 93-ish. Um, but they were like, well, we need actors that culturally represent this show that are of, you know, Latin American heritage or Hispanic heritage. Or so, uh, related to spiders. Yeah, or that too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then we did a production of it in Sydney in 2010. We reduced it to a cast of seven. If you don't know Kiss of the Spider the Woman, the musical, it's very strange. It's Kendra and Ebb who did um, Cabaret. It's sort of framed within that same sort of device where it's set in a prison cell. So it's essentially two people in a prison cell, but they escape the fascist torture regime that is keeping them there by imagining 
the Spider Woman, who is this Aurora, this um, this screen goddess, and so there's big production numbers. Of course, they weren't so big in our production because we were in a small theater that, which is now the Hayes Theater in Sydney. Yeah, oh, cool. Um, yeah, and so that was pretty ama amazing. So I get to play many, 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 many different roles. Lots of dancing. Yeah, oh, I was. Awesome. Our Spider Woman was in Dusty the Musical. At hey, the yay! Theater. I love that. <laughs> Helped an award-nominated actor, and so that was fantastic. And you were in the original production of The Producers in Australia? Or? I was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Which also, like, everything has a long story with me. Yeah. <laughs> we want to hear it. We want to hear it. So when The Producers was opening in New York, um, I was in the mix. So I went in, I auditioned, you know, made, made it through several cuts. You know, I'm not a tap dancer, so there's tap dancing in The Producers. So I remember distinctly that moment, having to stand in front of Susan Stroman, the director choreographer, with her assistant, Warren Carlyle, and trying to do this one particular passage <laughs> of tap, and I was very nervous, so mm -hmm. I don't think I was successful because that was sort of the end of, you know, that sort of was the end of my journey. But there would have only been like, like nine or ten of us that they were looking at for that particular role that's at that point. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah, awesome. that's yeah. pretty good. So when it came to Australia, um, I was also friends with a director over in New York named Gordon Greenberg and Gordon and Warren um, Carlisle, who set the show here for Susan Stroman. Uh, Gordon was like, well, you need to keep an eye out for Matt Young. So I came in and I happened to have exactly what they needed for the role that I was going for. And yeah, so then I very quickly was put into the original Australian production. I auditioned on a Friday and got the offer on a Monday. Oh, wow. that never that's happens. So quick. Yeah, no, it was. Doesn't. Oh no, actually, that's a lie because the first audition was the Thursday, the callback was the Friday, the offer was the Monday. Yeah. Brilliant. And my agent was like, "Oh, you've got the producers," and he wanted me to like, you know, do that whole thing where we're like, "Oh," you know, you scream <laughs> and you cry. Did he? Did he say? Did he say? Okay, just I'm gonna I'm filming this. Well, no. You got the producers. This yeah. is back in the day before that. Oh, before that. So like, yeah, I think it was a landline. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> What's that? And so I was, I was like, oh, cool. Um, did I get any understudies? And he was like, this is your reaction? I was like, yeah. He's like, you sound like you thought you were going to get in. I was like, mm. I did think I was going to get in. I was like, I went in to get the role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yeah. was like, I was like, I knew, you know, I knew I, I, I came history from the show and I wanted to be a part of it and I was and it was fantastic and we did 505 shows in Australia over two wow. years so in Brisbane wow. Sydney and Melbourne and I did all but 19 of them Amazing. so I um I had an injury so I was out for 14 consecutive shows and then five additional sick days but other than that I did the whole darn run well Amazing. done that's so well cool done. I know Which so is, many people would have seen you yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. it was fun. I mean, I had I, I was um, the blind violinist Scott, the gay choreographer Donald Dinsmore, the little wooden boy at the Hitler auditions. If you don't know the show, you'll have to look it up. That's not as maybe it is as offensive as it sounds. And also <laughs> the prison guard. Yeah, so it was great. So I had these lovely little features throughout the whole show. I was one of the character actors in it. Yeah. Um, so people, even if they didn't know it was me. They would remember my purple pants as the choreographer or nice. my little yeah. dance as the little wooden boy. I'm, I'm getting flashback memories of it because I saw it quite a few times. Oh. Yeah, in various places. Now, um, Sabi. I think we should take a short break and then we're going to come back and I really want to talk to Matt about being in Fiji. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. The world is a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? 
Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. And we're back. And if you haven't been listening, we are Wine and Sympathy, and today our guest is Matt Young, actor, director, teacher... Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. <laughs> and guys, don't forget to also pop on to nakedwines.com forward slash sympathy. Forward slash? You say forward. We've had I this conversation. Slash. Slash. <laughs> slash. slash. Sympathy. And you can get yourself a wonderful voucher to spend online at nakedwines.com. Australia, of course. That's now, right. Matt, tell us about Fiji. All right. So Fiji um, is a fantastic place that I've lived for the last six years. Um, we came back Easter time, not... 2020-2019 um, to Brisbane because my husband is from Brisbane and all of my in-laws are here for the most part. Um, yeah, so we went to Fiji. Um, we are foster to adoption parents. Um, our kids had a big journey. We've had a big journey as a family. Um, it's sort of Peter's business is over there and he, there was a lot of time that he was spending over there and we felt that we needed to be together as a family. So I suggested that perhaps we should try to move the family to Fiji. It was actually not a friendly suggestion. There was a bit of an argument. Um, you know, it was like, are we doing it or not? Are we doing it or not? And then, you know, we sort of went, uh, uh. and then the next day he texted me saying, I have approval to move to Fiji and we're moving there in two and a half months time. Yeah. That, that is an epic sea change. Epic, epic yeah. sea change. It sure. was a, another Saturn Returns. It was it was another oh, part of my seven go. year cycle of Saturn Returns. So yes, okay. It so made it sense. Time. It was time. It made sense, yeah. Mm. And that was fantastic. And I mean, I love Fiji and we still live there. I still have a business there. Although we haven't been there this year. Well, my husband That's has been. That's not your fault. But I oh, haven't been. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because of the old COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I started um, Takuna Acting Club there. Takuna in Itaoke Fijian means to, to say or to tell. Not Akuna. Akuna no, Makata. Takuna. Takuna. Oh. And um, yeah, and that's been amazing. And it's been a great opportunity for me to teach, you know, and to share some of the things. Because I come from a community theater background. Like right. I did like everything. Okay. You know, like if you couldn't find me, if I wasn't at the pool swimming... I was at the theater, you know, helping to build a set or ushering or performing in a show. And so I wanted to bring some of that sort of experience to Suva, to the capital city where we were living, because we had this beautiful little playhouse, you know, very colonial, like built in the 1940s or 50s. And so, yeah, so I started to replicate some of the things that I had as a kid. And um, yeah, and that was through Takuna Acting Club, which has been really fun. And didn't you have a lot to do with the casting for Hashtag Black? AF. On Netflix. On Netflix. Netflix. As a matter of fact, I did. I placed, um, I don't know, maybe 150 to 250 people on the show. Uh, there's two episodes that were filmed in Fiji, so I was in charge of finding day players, who are the people that have one or two lines, um, and then I also placed extras on there. And one wow. of those... One of those extras is currently one of my private students because I want her, she's also a 
Fiji Fashion Week model. Like I want her to, um, her name's Cheryl Lau. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Um, because I want to continue to introduce her to opportunities because I think that she's got a big, you know, a big potential yeah. Yeah. in the industry. Yeah. I love it. That's great. That's yeah. wonderful. And we love Netflix. We do. As a matter of fact, we have watched, I think we've each watched some episodes of Black AF. Mm. Yes. And, yeah. Well, you yeah. should definitely watch episodes seven and eight. Yes. Uh, two really good stories about it. Um, there was one scene, which is a book signing woman was the character, and they had sort of indicated that they wanted a Caucasian lady for the role. And so I no, offered... Really? Yes, because it was supposed to be like a contrast. <laughs> it's an African-American family that goes to Fiji, so the guests were all supposed to be of light skin tones. Did they know they were going to Fiji? <laughs> the, the, the actors? Yeah, because I'm like, oh, yeah. they're wanting they white wrote it people, into it. and I'm like, it's Fiji. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Come on. It's not like, oh, we're going to Paris. Well, the interesting, actually, that's really interesting because we were working with a, ca a casting agency from New Zealand, mm. and we were going to bring in 75 people from New Zealand. Wow. And I convinced um, Michelle that we'd be able to cover it in Fiji. Well and we done. did. Oh, that's oh, so good. Good, good, good. But for the book signing woman, I got one of Fiji's best known actors, Ateva Ravuvu, who's been in a bunch of stuff, the Hallmark movies with me. She was in a film called Bye. She's an aerialist. She's a dancer. She also has um, her own uh, company over there as well. So I got her on the show. I presented three, five options, um, Indo-Fijian, which is you know, a, a Fijian of Indian India, descent, yep. Itauke Fijian, which is native Fijian, and three European women. And they went for a tether because she's a great actress, and I'm very happy about that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Um, and one of those women actually went, one of, one of those five women actually went into another role. And then I brought on another guy to be like the hotel reception thing. And Kenya Barris, who wrote the show and also starred in it and was the showrunner, liked Bill so much on his first day that he brought him back for an additional day of filming. Because it's wow. very much like Curb Your Enthusiasm where yes. they sort of make up the script. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, it was written, but, you know, there's a there's lot of a bit improv. There's a of improv, yeah. And so Brilliant. I got Bill on two days. So I was like, all these successes, you know That's what I mean? So <laughs> I was good. very happy. That's amazing. Very happy for my Now, happiness. you seem to be a person who is very proactive in your approach for getting things. So... Um, tell us a little bit about that, about your working style. Well, because I was in New, in New York, I'm a New Yorker. Yes. You know? <laughs> I don't take no for an answer. Yeah, uh, because I was c competing on such a high level um, as an actor in New York and as a dancer in New York. Um, and also I was a competitive swimmer and was like sort of, sem well, like quarter nationally ranked as a swimmer as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm used to like being in that sort of like, those High finals. Pressure, competitive. Yeah, 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 where like it's it's like if you if you go off the block wrong, you know, you don't win, right? Yes, so yes. which is very much like being an actor. Like when you get sort of into that group, like it comes down to these things that you really can't control. You know, you just do all the training that you can and then you leave it to the universe. So yeah, so um because I'm a pushy New Yorker, uh, I've just always come around and just sort of made things happen and if nobody has given me an opportunity I've made that happen yeah. myself which is what I did with Story Chunder. I just was like hey I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna put myself in the middle of it exactly. and I did. Now being in the Australian environment do you find that that sort of behavior is typical in Australia or do you feel that it that you sort of stand out and have you had any backlash from standing out? I have not had a great experience as an actor in um, in Australia, and I, I I say that with like you know all humility. 
Uh, it's just I expected that all of my experience when I came here, because I was 27, which again isn't very old, but I have been working, you know, mm. consistently on extremely high-level projects around the world, that that would um, carry over, and it really didn't. And so that was very frustrating. But that's, I mean, we talk about the tall poppy syndrome all the time here yeah. mm. in Australia, and I think it's starting to change. I mean, I remember, like, I remember when Nicole Kidman, when people were like, oh, she's only popular because she married Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? I was like, how very dare you? Because I think Nicole mm. is an amazing actor. And I she love works Nicole. So hard. Oh. And she's like, she's just incredible. She brings such quality to her work. I've loved her and, since um, BMX Bandit. But she used to, you know, she used to get cut down all the time. Like wow. when I first arrived, I remember, you know, sort of people being like, mm, well. So I think it's just a cultural thing that we are working through still. Yeah, it's that whole tall poppy BS. Mm. That really does actually shit me. It shits me to tears. Um, especially when you see productions in Australia at the moment that are being filmed on Netflix or Stan, and they are just the same people over and over again. Over and there over. is such a beautiful array of talent that we have here in Australia, in particular in Brisbane. Mm. We do. Seriously. We have an, an we amazing, amazing. It's an amazing uh, multicultural um, group of actors here. You mm. know, yeah, it's it's. It's always surprising to me. And I think because I work in casting, you know, so one of my jobs is as an acting coach is to get people set ready. So if someone, you know, if you have to go on a show tomorrow and it's a major international production and maybe you've never been on set before, if you if you come to me, I'll get you set ready. I'll, yes. I'll make you successful for the day. Um, and so because of that, I'm like, well, so why aren't there more people? You know what I mean? There's this whole conversation about experience and, oh, we have to, you know, the sponsors are nervous or, you know, blah, blah, blah. We have to go mm. with the experience. But I'm like, but if you have good talent and you give them that opportunity, that's how they get experience. Exactly. And so let's get more people Trust in to it. have that Trust experience. Exactly. Yeah. I feel in Brisbane, we, right now, we're used more as extras. There's lots of extras. Like I was working on a pro a prod uh, production, and the guest star was from Sydney. And now I didn't know his body of work. I didn't know who he was, but I I know what role he was playing in that on that particular day. And I just thought to myself, we could have had any actor. Uh, there are tons of good actors in Brisbane who could have stepped in and played that role, but they decided to bring someone up from Sydney. And, and a waste of money. It didn't make sense to me. It did not make sense to me. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back in just a sec. That's Not Canon is a community committed to giving new podcasters a platform to share their voices and have some fun. If you would like to get started podcasting or simply enjoyed this podcast and would like to find out more, you can head over to our website at thatsnotcanon.com. If you simply want to support us and what we do, we would very much welcome your patronage at patreon.com forward slash that's not canon. And welcome back. This is Asabi and Ness and we are Wine and Sympathy. Now today we've got a chat with the creator and the host of the Story Chunder, Matt Young. We've learned so much about you in the last few minutes. Yay, <laughs> I love to talk about myself. It's so good though. I, I think it's it's important to talk about local people especially in the acting game because I don't feel that we know enough about what's going on and with someone of your caliber I know well yeah and I mean you I'm 48 now and you hear about these overnight successes I mean you know like I would 
I've been watching Stateless on ABC, which has been picked up by Netflix. And one of the actors, um, Fazal Bazi, who's on it, I've worked with for like 20 years. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he's now, everyone's like, oh, you know, who's this actor, this Are new actor? Me? I'm like, yeah. no, he's not a new actor. He's yeah. someone who's been working with state theater companies his whole life, you know, who's been really well trained, you know, has had these other opportunities. But now he's finally been given his... Um, his moment in the sun, which is fantastic. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I love think that's it. common, though, in our industry. You Like, <clears throat> I, for one, I, I sort of believe that it takes about 10 years to make it before you get to that point where you either become a household name or you get your first big role in a film. A lot of these actors, unless they're children, have really been working hard behind the scenes for years. And then all of a sudden, they just get that opportunity to get dropped in, and then everybody knows them. It's like, it's an overnight success. But it wasn't an overnight success. These people have been working for a very long time. Mm. Acting is hard, and you have to learn how to adapt. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and so that's why I do other things like I coach or I'm, you know, working freelance casting. Podcast. Yeah, podcast. You know, I sing, I dance, like, you know. You know what? Outside of all the stuff that we all have in common, how have you been dealing with the old elephant in the room, COVID-19? Oh, no. She said it. I said it. She said it. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, the COVID-19. Um, well, it's been, every day is a, a new day. You know, every day is like, some days are an up day and some days are a bad day. Um, it's been really difficult uh, for actors and for freelancers. Um, I didn't qualify for any government benefits. Oh, shit. Wow. So, um, I, although I, I just got something from Australia Council, so I'm very happy about that. Um, yeah, so it's just been... Just uncertainty, but I mean, but at the same point, like money stopped being important. So money didn't equal value, you know, and that was like a great lesson for this was that, was that if I just kept my integrity and kept working towards, you know, what I believe in as an actor, you know, by creating the story tender, uh, by continuing to work with other actors without any expectation of, you know, money in my hand, mm. then that goodwill, I think I'm starting to really see the benefits of that, like really reaping some rewards from that. So that's been a really positive thing about it. But yeah, it's been so uncertain and, you know, certainly played with my mental health a lot, as I'm sure it has with a lot of people. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I think the best thing to do is just to take stock in one day at a time. And find that time to go through all the boxes underneath uh, that chair there. That box. <laughs> I'm looking at Asabi's little office here, and she said, "Oh, I'm going to spend some time doing COVID nineteen tidying my office." I did tidied. You? Did it. you look at the bookshelves? Like that, that was already like that. No, 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 no. They were worse. They were way worse. All right. And now everything. Like I mean, I put up some pictures. I put out pictures. But I think, okay. I think something that people have forgotten, and we, I was talking to um, someone that works in public health about this the other day, who's also an actor. Like, we've been going through grieving. And so there was this really weird thing where it happened. And then, like, within three weeks, people were like, you have to be doing this. You have to be productive. And I was like, I am, like, absolutely numb. I am, I am in, like, in whatever stage of grieving that is. You know what I yeah. mean? And then you go through the, de the denial stage, and maybe I'm in it right now. <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Like, this is, like, it's been, like, yeah, it's been, been a big hard. grieving, a big mm. grieving process. And Definitely. I think people have not acknowledged that. And I said very early on with Critical mm. Stages and some of the other arts groups, I was like, we need to look at how, why we cannot produce art at this point. Because we are not strong enough, you know, we're yeah. not mentally strong enough. We are going through grieving. We are trying to protect, you know, the vulnerable. Like, there's other things that have taken priority over, you know, my 
artistic impulse at this moment, yes. you know? And our disgusting government that cut uh, funding for all of the arts, Australia-wide, but in particular in Queensland. Thank you for looking after people who are casual and giving them a job seeker and job keeper, but bring back the protection and the support for the arts. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But our union has been doing an amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. The Media <laughs> Arts Entertainment <laughs> Alliance. And Queensland's been spectacular and, and yeah. nationally it's just been really impressive. And the in the benevolent fund as well. Yes. Yeah. And so if you are from well. Victoria and you're listening to this and you have not, you know, asked for support from the benevolent fund do it you know if you you probably you need it yeah. <laughs> you yes, know so definitely. if you need it Victoria, do it especially right now yeah it's it's hard so. to ask for things and you know it's it's you know i have such a hard time asking for help mm-hmm. but sometimes we need to just know okay now it's time to ask for help maybe 2020 is that year the year that we ask for help mm. it is it is a hard thing i noticed that with strong independent people or people who are perceived to be that way asking for help is very difficult like, I struggle asking people to help me just move, you know? Like, I, just writing the email, I sweat, and I'm just like, oh, oh, you know? And, and what's the worst that can happen? They say no. And that's not a big deal. That's a good uh, lesson. You know what I mean? Good what's, lesson. What's the worst that can happen? They say no. Yeah. And, and I know that as an actor, when I go out for an audition, you know, and I, I'm not worried about that because I know what's the worst that can happen? They just say no. And that's it. And I'm like, okay, so then I just move on and I go to the next thing. But... When it comes to asking for help, it's like I have this debilitating reaction that I, you know, I can't even, I struggle. I struggle to ask for help. And I've gotten better over the years. I have, you know, worked through that. I I know that there are some underlying issues there for why I struggle with that, but I have gotten better. I have gotten better. I work with an amazing acting coach named Kim Ferrant, and Kim, like you sort of look at those aspects of your life as well, like, you know, like money, I know that my money house is always difficult, so mm-hmm. if I'm not able to get somewhere emotionally with a, with a show, I look at my money house and yeah. how it affects how like I'm about to cry, yes. <laughs> and I can get to an emotional place really quickly um, by accessing that. I actually, I'm embarrassed, listeners, I am actually crying a little bit. Oh, um, sweetheart. But just, but which just goes to show how great my acting coach is. That she's <laughs> exactly. To, she but she's taught in. me, she's taught me how to access that so quickly and easily. That's amazing. Mm. That is beautiful. I might need to take her number. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So where else can we find you, Matt, online? You can find me at mattyoungactor.com and I'm at mattyoungactor across most social social media. Um, and if you go to mattyoungactor.com, it sort of connects you to everything. Everything. So Story Chunga, Hallmark, you know, Gaby Baby, you know, lots of things Fantastic. that we've talked about today. Oh, yeah. we have. Thank you so much for being a part of Wine and Sympathy and for allowing us to be on the Story Chunda. We've had so much fun doing everything today. And if you haven't already, please jump on our website and check out the Naked Wine special, especially for you guys, our wonderful listeners. Uh, we're available on Instagram, and we'll have our transcripts up. Transcripts. Transcripts. Thanks. Yes, yeah, so on Tumblr. So we've started creating transcripts for our shows. Um, we're because it's a bit of a backlog, so we only have episodes one and two up at the moment. But we are producing transcripts for every episode, so keep a lookout for that. They will be coming soon. In an effort to be more inclusive and to do what we said in the very beginning, which is to always be positive and lift everybody up. So thanks again for listening. We love you. And Matt, we love you too. I love you both. And thank you for having me. Yay. Bye. Bye. And that is another episode. 
done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening to Wine and Sympathy. And if you want to see more of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and our website at winesympathy.page. And if you are a wine sponsor, totes, hit me up. All right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.